A reading from Ecclesiastes. Better two than one. They will have a good reward for their toil. For when someone falls, a companion can help them up again. But alas, for those alone with no partner to help them up. If two lie side by side, they keep each other warm. But how can one keep warm alone? If a person is alone, an assailant may overpower them. But two can resist, and a cord of three strands is not quickly snapped. A reading from Matthew. Jesus sent these twelve out and commanded them, Don't go among the Gentiles or into the Samaritan city. Go instead to the lost sheep, the people of Israel. As you go, make this announcement. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who with skin diseases, and throw out demons. You received without having to pay. Therefore, give without demanding payment. Workers deserve to be fed, so don't gather gold or silver or copper coins for your money belts to take on your trips. Don't take a backpack for the road or two shirts or sandals or a walking stick. Whatever city or village you go into, find somebody in it who is worthy and stay there until you go on your way. When you go into a house, say peace. If the house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace. But the, if the house isn't worthy, let your peace return to you. A reading from Made for Goodness by Archbishop Desmond Tutu and Reverend Canon Mfo Tutu Van Firth. Ubuntu is the Kosa word used to describe the tend and befriend survival behavior. Ubuntu recognizes that human beings need each other for survival and well-being. A person is a person only through other persons, we say. We must care for one another in order to thrive. A reading from God is Not a Christian by Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Ubuntu is the essence of being human. It speaks of how my humanity is caught up and bound intrinsically with yours. We are created for a delicate network of relationships, of interdependence with our fellow human beings, with the rest of creation. Ubuntu speaks of spiritual attributes such as generosity, hospitality, compassion, caring, sharing. This concept speaks of how people are more important than things, than profits, than material possessions. It speaks about the intrinsic worth of persons not dependent on extraneous things such as status, race, creed, gender, or achievement. Ubuntu teaches us that our worth is intrinsic to who we are. We matter because we are made in the image of God. Ubuntu reminds us that we belong in one family, God's family, the human family. Good morning, friends. It is so good to be here at Lake Oswego United Church of Christ. For those of you who don't know me, I am your conference minister. I'm the conference minister of the Central Pacific Conference. And the Central Pacific Conference is all of the United Churches of Christ in Southern Washington and Oregon and Southern Idaho, of which Lake Oswego is one. There are 41 churches, and you are one of those churches, and we are the United Church of Christ in the Central Pacific together. 
And so I want to say thank you. Thank you for being the United Church of Christ in Lake Oswego. This morning, thank you for being the United Church of Christ in your homes and at your desks and at your kitchen tables and on your couches. Thank you for being the United Church of Christ in your families and in your neighborhoods and in your grocery stores. You see, I live in Portland and I go to church at Waverly in Southeast Portland and we can't be the United Church of Christ where you are. You need to be the United Church of Christ where you are and so thank you for that. I also want to um, say that Lake Oswego is a church that um, has a lot of involvement in the wider church and in the conference and in particular today I want to thank um, Pam Rossio who is our conference moderator and Jenny Ott who is on the conference minister support team and Liz Durant who co-chairs our justice and witness Thank you for doing that work in the wider church and thank you church for allowing them to do that work because they have to say no to some things so that they can do say yes to those things in the conference and I'm very grateful for you and for your involvement. I know also that many, many of you here at Like Us We Go have been um, involved in the conference in lots of different ways over the year and I thank you for that for all of the ways that you've ministered to the 41 churches in southern Washington and Oregon and southern Idaho and even in the in the um, national setting to churches across the United States thank you thank you for that now let us pray spirit of love and wisdom Thank you for always being present to us. Thank you for being more close than our breath. I pray that as I speak this morning that you will guide my words. Help me to say what you would have me to say. Help us as we listen to hear what we need for today even if what I say is not exactly what we need to hear, we know that you have the power to translate my words into our hearts. So I pray that you will do that today. I ask this all in your holy name. Amen. So my parents are missionaries. I grew up in Zambia, Africa, and we didn't have the Boy Scouts where I grew up, but my father was a Boy Scout. And my father taught me that one of the mottos of the Boy Scouts is be prepared. And he taught me to always be prepared. If you would see my car, I have snacks and water and blankets and flares. Um, I'm like nervous about the fact that I haven't yet bought chains and I wonder like when am I gonna have to go over a pass and I don't have my chains I should have chains in my car I need to be prepared he also taught me that 
he, so my father wore, um, he's still alive, but my father um, used to wear, he doesn't anymore, I don't know why, um, handkerchiefs, cloth handkerchiefs. He would always carry a, a cloth handkerchief. And, and one of the things that he taught me was that you should have the handkerchief you use in your front pocket, and you should have a spare handkerchief, a clean handkerchief in your back pocket, because he said, you never know when you're going to come across someone who needs a handkerchief, who's crying or who needs it for some reason. And you don't want to give them your dirty handkerchief. So you need a clean one in your back pocket so that you can give it to someone who needs it. Be prepared. And then I read this passage where Jesus sends his disciples out into the world and he sends them with nothing. He says, don't take a backpack. Don't take a walking stick. Don't take any money. Don't even take an extra coat. Don't take anything. Just go out into the world to minister to the world. And, and I think, but Jesus, my dad told me to be prepared. What if I come across someone who's crying and I don't have a clean handkerchief? And you're telling me to go out without anything? And then I wonder, like, what was Jesus trying to teach his disciples in this moment? Was he telling all of us to to go out into the world with nothing? Or was there some deeper message that he wanted his disciples and those who came after his disciples to hear? You see, Jesus was a wisdom teacher. He was a lot of things, but one of the things that Jesus was was a wisdom teacher. And one of the ways that wisdom teachers teach us is by getting us to do things, and then by doing them, we learn things. There's a long tradition, particularly in the East, in Asian countries, there's a long tradition of wisdom teachers like yogis and Tai Chi masters and others who teach by getting you to do first and then you learn. And, and we think of, we, I just called it the East, right? Because we're oriented as Europe is, everything is either East or West from Europe. Um, that's part of white supremacist culture. Um, and so we think of where Jesus grew up as, as the Middle East. But, but in fact, um, now many scholars have begun to talk about that part of the world as Western Asia. Because, in fact, the place where Jesus grew up was much closer to Asia than it was to Europe or to the Americas. Um, it, was, it was part of, it was, it was part of Asia and is still part of Asia. And there's a lot of overlap between the wisdom teachers of Asia and the wisdom teachers of Western Asia and the yogis and the Tai Chi masters and Confucius and Kohelet, who wrote Ecclesiastes, which we read today. He was also part of this wisdom tradition of Western Asia. Another Asian wisdom teacher that 
Gen Xers often think of is Mr. Miyagi, right? Mr. Miyagi who says, wax on, wax off to the Karate Kid. Wax on, wax off. And, and the Karate Kid doesn't know why is he doing this thing, right? He just does it because he's said to do it. And then eventually he learns that when he is in a fight and someone attacks him, his automatic response is to block by waxing on and waxing off. And all of a sudden, his body has the wisdom in it because he was practicing first. And, and I think that this is what Jesus was doing. And I think that the lesson that Jesus, the wisdom teaching that Jesus was teaching his disciples is connected to this wisdom teaching from Ecclesiastes. This idea that two are better than one, that a three-stranded cord is not easily broken, that we need other people, that we are not self-sufficient. It's also connected to the reading that we had, the African wisdom tradition of Ubuntu, this idea that my humanity is tied to your humanity and your humanity is tied to my humanity and we can only be human if we are human together. So Jesus sent his disciples out, traveling light. And when they came across someone who is in need, they couldn't reach into their back pocket and give them a handkerchief because they didn't have a handkerchief. They had to look to the people around them who might have something to offer. And together, they did ministry. Together, they could heal the sick. This is a lesson that I think is particularly hard for those of us who like me, we're socialized white and who are middle class in our society and who were raised by Boy Scouts, right? And who were told, you will have everything that anyone needs. You are enough for the world. And Jesus says, go out into the world and everything you are is needed, but you will never be enough because my humanity, as Ubuntu says, is connected to your humanity because a three-stranded thread, as Koholet says, is not easily broken. Each of you is needed, and none of you will ever be enough. And if we go out into the world traveling lightly, then we can learn that we can have enough together, that we can do the ministry of bringing about God's kingdom, that realm where we are kin together. Talking to Pastor Jenny, this is a lesson that I think many of you here at Lake Oswego already know. You are a church that, that 
gathers with other people and does things together and gathers people in and, and shares what you have. And we in the conference, right, are together enough for the world. But no one church, no one person will ever be everything that the world needs. Jesus also said to his disciples, go to the lost children of Israel. And you might hear that and say, but Jesus, we know that the gospel is for everyone. We know that God's love and justice are for the whole world, that God's desire is for all people to be reconciled and reconciled to God and living in love and justice. Why, Jesus, would you only send your disciples to the lost children of Israel? Your gospel was much bigger than that. But again, I think Jesus was teaching his disciples and teaching us by doing. Because, see, I can't be the person for the whole world. I can only go to the people that I know. And you can only go to the people that you know. He was speaking to children of Israel, and he was saying, go to other children of Israel, to the people that you know. And so I would say to you, members of Lake Oswego United Church of Christ, go to the people that you know. Jesus said, heal the sick and touch the lepers, those people who are outcasts, and cast out demons. Who are the sick in your community? The people who have soul sickness, who you have access to to reach. The people who are sick in body and need someone to be with them in their sickness. To bring healing. Who are the people who have been cast out like the lepers of Jesus' day and who need your love that you can touch? Maybe not right now, because, right, um, we're in a pandemic. But you can reach out to them by phone. You can reach out to them by video call. Who are the people who you need to embrace because they think that they're not included? And what are the demons that you need to cast out. I'm so grateful to you for the work that you have been doing around anti-racism, rooting out that demon of white supremacy in your communities and in your hearts and in your neighborhoods and in your families. That is such important work. And again, this is not work that we can do alone right? None of us will ever be enough to heal all the sick, to reach all of the people who have been outcast, to cast out all of the demons. This is something else that you've learned, right? When you began to do your work of 
working with people who don't have houses. You partnered with seven other faith communities to do that work because you knew that not one of you would ever be enough. In doing your anti-racist work, you are doing it in partnership with other people in your community. And it's being led by Willie from Ainsworth United Church of Christ, or she's very much a part of that. And, and, and so again, like no one of us can do this work, but we can do it together. Finally, Jesus said, when you go, offer your peace. And if someone does not want your peace, let your peace return to you. Now, I know that there are some of you who read a little farther, and we have some ministers in this congregation. And some of you are saying, but there's more to this text. It's not a really great text, Jesus says that it'll be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than it will be for those people. And I don't want to, to send anyone to hell. What is Jesus talking about here, about giving your peace and then letting it return to you? But I think it's important to remember that Jesus' message of love and justice was a message for everyone. There is within the Christian tradition, in the letters of Peter, a, a beautiful story that when Jesus was in the grave, when he died before he was resurrected, he went to hell and he took the keys to hell and he opened all of the doors and he let everyone out. And that is part of our tradition, that God does not want anyone in hell, that God's love and justice is for everyone. But here's the thing, you will not be everything. And when you offer your peace, when you go out into the world, there will be people who cannot receive peace from you. And Jesus says, that's okay. Let your peace return to you. Because you know what? It will be better for Sodom and Gomorrah if, if that story of Peter is true, from the letters of Peter is true, then the people of Sodom and Gomorrah have already been released. They've already received their reward. And there are some people who are still living in hells of their own making, but I don't have the keys to everyone's prison cell. But I will open the doors that I can. And when people don't want my peace, because some people won't, I let my peace return to me so I can give it to someone who wants it. And I say to God, God, I trust that there are people out there, that there is enough in the world for them to find the peace that they need. Bring someone to them who can 
bring them peace because this is the lesson of today. Everything I am is what's needed, but I will never be everything that is needed. I need you and you need me and we need all of the other people who can be part of this kingdom of God. So siblings, sisters, and brothers, I invite you today to go out into the world. Don't feel like you have to be prepared for everything. Don't feel like you have to take everything. As hard as that is for some of us to understand. But go to the people that you can. Heal the sick. Touch the lepers. Cast out the demons. Offer your peace and trust that there is enough peace to go around. Amen.